0: It
1: Ain't That Simple Mate. Hello and welcome to It Ain't That Simple Mate, the Bright Hope World podcast where we look at poverty and missions and all things related to being of service to the poorest of the poor around the world. Uh, We are focusing today on the five worst ways to address poverty. We're starting to get down into the nitty-gritty here we've covered uh looking at what poverty is and where the poverty uh, can be found and who the poor are and and last time we looked at uh, how you partner with the poor to uh, help uh, develop and so now we're kind of taking a little left-hand turn and looking at the five worst ways to address poverty. But before we kick into that, uh, I'll introduce myself. Fraser Scott here with Kevin Honoré. Hello, yeah. Kevin.
0: G'day, Fraser. How you doing, man? I'm um, good. How are you doing? Yep. This yep.
1: is a, this is an interesting subject. We were <laughs> saying before that uh, you know this is our opportunity to make a few points, maybe, and and say you know th- there's some things out there that are not always that great when people are trying to. Uh, address poverty. But, but it's, you've only
0: listed five. I've we're only going to talk about five. This is, this is
1: the top five of a I'll short list of 50. <laughs> uh, but it, it's probably important to to note so that we strike the right tone here that uh, a good number of these things we have learnt by experience, that we have learnt by
0: mistake,
1: mistakes and doing some <laughs> things wrong. So we're not, uh, we're not pointing the finger here. We're, we're perhaps, let's put it in the context of reflecting on our own experience uh, learning from it and sharing it from others, because there's nothing worse than learning from your own mistakes. Isn't isn't it better to learn from other people's mistakes, Kev?
0: No, absolutely it is, and uh, you can see them quite easily. Uh, that's the advantage of other people's mistakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're pretty glaringly obvious, but ours, well yeah exactly <laughs>
1: so let's be clear we're not uh, we're not trying to make people feel bad even if if you see yourself in some of these things but uh, as we've said right from the beginning here that um, stepping into the space partnership and and uh, trying to alleviate poverty requires humility and this is an opportunity to uh, maybe check our humility recognize that maybe some of the things that we're doing are not great uh, and perhaps we need to do a few course corrections uh, now I will remind. Uh, hopefully, I'll remember to do this at the end uh, again. But uh, if any of these strike a chord, or uh, if you're you're wanting to talk about some of the things you're doing, maybe you want to uh, readdress those. Uh, do get in contact with us, podcast at brighthopeworld.com. We'd love to uh, hear from you and and hear how maybe this has influenced your thinking. So let's start at number one. These are in no particular order, but uh, the the number one of the five worst ways to address poverty, assuming you know the problem. Kev, talk us through this. Uh, how what's, what's the issue there in assuming you know what the problem is?
0: Yeah, you know, a number of times I've seen situations and been involved in situations where it appears when you go to a place that the... Uh, you know, what the situation is, it seems to be quite obvious. And, and, uh, and when you start to talk to people, it's not the problem at all. There's there's something much more um, pressing on their minds. There's something, and, and you see this, you know, right across the board where, where NGOs barge on in and say, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to help. And and the people are kind of left their scratch in their heads thinking, why the hang are they doing that? It's like um, there's something much more, Important they could be doing if only they had listened, and and so yeah, it's 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 real easy to go to go barging on in there. And again, you know, it's one of the things we've learned is, and that's why we're so focused on finding local people that that understand the issues and and um, have put themselves into that cycle of 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 poverty alleviation, that downward spiral. Um, So yep, it's 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 really important to be able to you know to to clearly identify what the issues are, and it's hard to do when you're you know bridging across from one culture to another. yeah, I guess um, that's
1: particularly difficult, isn't it, where you are stepping into a completely different cultural context. Um yeah, you know, I know once drove across the the north of Uganda. Uh, and you you know you cross territories of something like twenty distinct people groups with different languages, different cultural norms and values. So to, to to try and step into that and then say right I know what's going on here I mean that's a it's
0: an insurmountable task. Yeah, it's it's not possible. And in many cases, you know, there there are dynamics going on within the culture and between you know local cultures that we will never understand. Um, historical grievances. Uh, uh, you know, feuds that have gone on for, for many, many years. And, and uh, yeah, and and, and and that's one of the reasons why, you know, taking time is so important when you engage too. It's, it's and not that you'll ever understand it, but, you know, if you pick the wrong people even to work with uh, in a culture, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure right from day one. So it's, it's trying to understand, you know, there's a lot of things to understand around that. That whole uh, that whole issue of you know identifying what the real issue is, and, and that's why you know last time we we talked about the fact that when you when you first go in there, you know, you don't you know start by addressing the the problem because who knows what the problem is. Um, you start by looking at at the uh, the assets that are around and and uh, you know just how committed people are to change. Uh, to want to change. Um.
1: This also it doesn't link, link back to the discussion that we had around the causes of poverty, around the relational nature of poverty. So we will go in to a place, and the evident, the manifested, the the, the visible poverty is around the state of people's housing and, and health and uh, you know education and those sorts of things. So it would be easy to go in and say, well, the problem is these people don't have good enough housing. The problem is these people... Need uh, you know better health or better education, but of course that's simply dealing with the external symptoms of the problem, not the problem itself. So and and that's time. That's time that's required to get to all that stuff. Yeah,
0: I remember going into into a village in, in Zambia, which is on the edge of a big lake, and and you know NGO had been through the year before and been been handing out mosquito nets. You know, like hundreds of thousands of mosquito nets. And uh, they were wondering why there were no fish left in the lake. Well, people were using the mosquito nets as fishing nets, and uh, and there wasn't a fish surviving in the lake because these,
1: these were impregnated with chemicals, weren't they? The well, nets?
0: yeah, but but it's just they're so, they're so fine in oh, really? terms so of the, the nets mesh escaping. right. nothing could get through the through the, through the mesh in the nets, and so there was, you know it was kind of like uh, oh, we, hmm, okay, we need to rethink that that whole deal, and. Uh, and and come at it you know from a broader perspective not just and and this is one of the issues too where where you have uh organizations that have could i say a a, quite a narrow focus in terms of what they do so you know we do mosquito nets (laughs) we don't do fishing nets we don't and so you come in and do that little bit of the puzzle but that has implications into all sorts of other. Yeah, we we a, of it.
1: as a consultant, we we describe this as if you have a hammer, you make sure every problem is a nail, <laughs> because you you're already coming with the solution, so you got yeah. to make sure the problem that's exactly that.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it, and uh, and that distorts distorts your view of of uh, well poverty first of all, but it distorts your view of of, of what's what are viable solutions. And, and And that's why you know you've just you've just got to find that person, that person in that community that gets it that that um, is willing to step up and, and make a difference and and lead their people out. You know? so
1: I, I suppose the corollary of this the the challenge to this is you need to step into these situations assuming you don't know the problem. You have no idea what the problem is, but you're looking to identify that exceptional person or that person of peace who 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 does who has spent enough time there has grown up in it or you know spend enough time to really understand the cultural and social and political and, and all the rest of the issue the, the underlying stuff that actually creates an environment in which poverty thrives.
0: Yeah the stuff that's buried deep inside the culture that that, that you know, evidences itself in certain ways. I mean, you know, there's no point just putting putting plasters over over the saw You know, it's as these people understand the the heart of the issue, and 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 you know, it's really interesting because you can go into some places where we have partnerships quite close together, and. You would, you know, almost assume that the problems are the same, but one person says, "No, this is the issue." Another person says, "No, this is the issue," and, and so their strategies and, and what they're actually doing are quite different. You now, there may be things that they can do together and and things that they can learn from each other, but you know, they they're viewing it differently because of their their personal circumstances, the culture that they're in. The, so,
1: what you learn in one place, you know, even quite closely, may not be able to be transferred to another place. No, Even well, if you understand the problem in suburb one, suburb two it might be different. Yeah,
0: yeah totally. And uh, and it doesn't take very much difference to have quite different outcomes, you know, in terms of, of how poverty evidences itself. Um, um, yeah, so you just got to be really, really careful about... Uh, about assuming anything, you
1: got um, to realise that it ain't that simple, mate. You can't be you that can't that be simple. too reductive yep. and oversimplistic simplistic about poverty.
0: No, nope, not at all, and uh, and that's why you know from a Bright Hope point of view, you know, we say that there's no off the shelf Bright Hope way to do stuff because every partnership is unique. Every Every partner is unique, and and they bring their perspective, um, personality, experience, skills to the table, and uh, and deal with whatever the issue is their way. Um, one thing you can say, though, that at the heart of a lot of this stuff, you know, the gospel is is that transforming thing that happens. That's the absolute. That's the absolute. Because I mean, and and I don't want to overstate this, but. Because educating, for example, educating kids is of great value just in itself. Um, but if you if you just you know educate kids and you don't deal with uh, the the stuff that's caused their parents to not value education, you know you, you're you're going to. Uh, uh, you're going to battle to to overcome the thing. So then, you know, the the whole issue of of people's mindsets, um, the things that trap them in poverty, that lead them into poverty in the first place, perhaps. Um, you yeah, know, those big cultural to, issues. Yeah, that has to be addressed. And 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 I'm not, I'm not sitting here as a Westerner saying you know that those cultures are bad and ours is right. Ours is is pretty broken, know, broken as well. And and the same same thing applies here. Um,
1: all right, let's let's cap that one. Uh, issue number one in the five worst ways to address poverty. Assume you know the problem. Uh, number two, and again, this is this is a list that we've created. Uh, you know, a panel of experts that was you know pretty much me and Kevin over coffee. But uh, <laughs> no, it was actually just you. you well, I'm sure you had some input put oh, into okay, it at some I? point. So, I mean, <laughs> okay. So number two, thinking money will solve the problems of poverty. Now. You know, this a uh, big deal. I mean, we know economics plays a part in poverty, both in, in terms of its absence um, being aligned with poverty and its presence being part of the toolkit. What's the problem in, in thinking that money will solve the problems of poverty? What, what, why is that an issue?
0: Hmm. Well, add up the number of dollars that have been sent to Africa in the last 20 years um, and show me where it all is right now it hasn't fixed the problem it hasn't fixed the problem strange but true um one or two people have got rather wealthy on the back of it yeah so so when money is you know number one or number two on the on the list of solutions um yeah it's there's there's only trouble ahead of you in terms of 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 being able to deal with the breadth of the whole the whole thing because you know as as we've said and as we understand i seek to understand it that it's it's about broken relationships, and so, and so even you know even in a situation where people don't become Christ followers or, or Christians, there's still work to do in terms of them understanding who they are and where they fit in terms of you know the creation and, and how they relate to their neighbours and all that all of that stuff has to be, has to be kind of dealt with in the in the process of talking about poverty. You know, because some people are in poverty because those people over there um, uh, are are employers and and they're employing these people over here and they don't give them a fair wage. And so, and so you know, no point throwing money at that. you better to try and broker a deal where where fair wages are being paid. You know that that, that kind of stuff. So that so that and that's going to require a change in in mindset from those that are. Uh, you know, unjustly dealing with with others. Um,
1: we we've said many times that uh, money injudiciously applied, that money used in the wrong place at the wrong time, doesn't uh, only fail to address poverty, but can make it significantly worse. Yeah. How?
0: Yeah. Well, in many cases, it just tips over the dynamics within a, within a community. You know. Um, and you you see it very often as as you observe the impact of NGOs on a community frequently you'll find that one family or or some or one group of people end up with all the power because they get the bulk of the money um and, and that may be done you know quite um with, with quite good intentions but that's that's how it ends up and so um you know a, a dollar a dollar an american dollar in in many cases is, is a is a very valuable piece of you know commodity um very powerful thing and um especially when it comes from outside and and all the assumptions that go with the relationship that that person has with the person who gave it to them or, or whatever um so yeah you know it's it's it just changes the dynamics um within a Within a, especially in a, in a small kind of rural-type village economy. Um,
1: well, what's the relationship in that between, you know, money, giving money and dependency? How, how do they work together?
0: Well, they're very, very closely associated, obviously. Um, and that's why, you know, one of our values is, is sustainability. Why we, we would say, you know, don't go in to give. Never do for the poor what they should do for themselves, for example. Um that's kind of a mantra that you need to I mean that, learn.
1: I, yeah, I've heard that before. On the surface of it, that sounds kind of unchristian. I mean, aren't, aren't we there to serve people and, and love them and you sometimes we wanna, you know, wade in and help and and you know, things they could do for themselves. I mean they could paint that building or they could, you know, build that fence, but we want to come in and show them love and serve them. Is that is that really a hard and fast rule?
0: Yep. Entirely hard and fast. Come on a team with me. You'll soon see how that works. Well, <laughs> no. we, now I, uh,
1: you know we we don't come to that conclusion lightly. Why? Why is why
0: is that a, a problem? Well, you know, like I said, let's well let's take an example. Like you said, let's, oh that 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 uh, church in that village wants a building. Okay, so let's send a team from here and. Uh, you know, it would cost us a couple of thousand bucks to get there, and we'll all put in an extra five hundred dollars, and we can we can build that thing, and we can do it in two two weeks, and uh, all have a good time, you know, along the way. So you go along and you do that, and you've got you know four or five bricklayers, the local bricklayers, sitting there watching what's going on. Um, you've got people who who uh, you know. Could be building it themselves or, or or painting themselves and so you know your two weeks of of intense labor may have done you know six eight ten tradesmen out of out of job or work for uh for six months and and, and you could have done it for half the price with them as well um you know there's just so many aspects of that that um
1: there, there'll be people listening to this who have been on one of those trips and i i would imagine they would counter by saying well you know look that's true but you you know you started off saying it's not all about money so it's not all about the, the fact that they had to pay thousands of dollars to, to get there it's it's about you know serving the local people and showing them love so it, you know is there really any harm in, in going and doing something for people that they could do for themselves doesn't you know, isn't there a, a kingdom aspect to this
0: well, I mean, yes, that's that's one part of the argument, but but at the end of the day, uh, you know, our, our purpose is, is surely our purpose is to empower people and release people into what what God's uh, you know gifted them and 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 ask them to do, rather than us riding over it and saying let's do this largely for our benefit. Um, and and overwhelming the the the, the situation. I mean, I, there's a lot of places I could take you where where local people you know are dreading the next team that comes. <laughs> I remember listening to one guy from a church in America. He's you know they take teams down to Mexico regularly. And he says, well, "What?" I said to him, "What? do what, what the teams go to do?" He says, "Oh, they just go to fix up the mess they made last time." You know? so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and then the corollary of that was, well, one family in that community is, you know, now quite well off. Um, uh, the there there of is
1: the uh, one of the books has a case study that we've read. I I never remember which ones are, but they talked about you know uh, that in any given year, three or four. Churches would come through this particular village, and they would have a meeting hall, and it would get built and painted, and then the people would go. And because it was so inappropriate for the conditions, they would pull it down, and then the next group would come and and build it again. Which is, and that's what the, that local village had to do to keep the Western money coming through and and, and all that sort of thing. Which, but I mean, that's, that's horrific.
0: I yeah, mean, it's, and, a, it's a terrible situation, and that's the that's the extreme of it. But but I guess what you know what we're saying is here is that, that money is important. In, in the uh, in the you know the the cycle of relieving poverty, um, especially amongst the poorest of the poor, uh, but it's not item number one or two or three on a list of ten things. It's, it's maybe item number seven or six or seven or eight. You know. Um,
1: so so we might say that uh, money needs to be used by the right people for the right things at the right time. Absolutely, it's appropriate it's, in its context. Yep,
0: and. Um, yeah, and, and del- so d- delivered appropriately, it's essential. Delivered inappropriately, it damages people. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Um, and that whole issue of creating dependency is is such a. Uh, I mean, you can see it all around the world. You can see it in our culture here. You've got you know people that are uh, intergenerationally you know um, trapped in dependency on the state.
1: Um, We're going to need to do a whole podcast on dependency. We, that, is, that is rife.
0: Yeah, I can't even spell it, so that, that'll be a bit of an issue. We'll, we'll, but, uh, we'll look that up. Okay, cool.
1: Hey, we're going to take a little break there, and uh, then we'll come back with our uh, number three of the five worse ways to address poverty. You are listening to It Ain't That Simple, mate, the Bright Hope World podcast. We will be back shortly. It ain't that simple mate it is brought to you by Lamai Coffee. Lamai Coffee is the finest quality organic Arabica coffee from the northern hills of Thailand. We at Bright Hope we import the green beans into New Zealand and we roast them to perfection then sell them to discerning coffee drinkers. We're all volunteers on the team so all the profits go back into great community projects in Thailand And that is why we call it the world's best tasting act of kindness. You can order Lamai coffee or find out more at lamai.co.nz. It ain't that simple, mate. Welcome back to It Ain't That Simple, mate. Fraser Scott here with Kevin Honoré, and we are talking today about the five worst ways to address poverty. We talked about uh, the first one, which is assuming you know the problem. The second one, thinking money will solve the problems of poverty, and then number three, it, uh, imposing external solutions. Now, this is this is about coming in and you know taking a solution from somewhere else or uh, you know, heaven forbid, from the West, and saying, right, guys, that's what you need to do. And this is one I've seen, give many times. Uh, I remember taking um, some people from a church uh, from another country that I shall not uh, name uh, to a ministry we have in Thailand, and they'd been there for about 15 minutes, and then they sat and told the partners, hey, you know, if you want to really make this thing hum, Here's what you need to do, and they knew very little about it. This is this is a, a common thing. Why is this? Why does this happen? and Why is this a problem?
0: Mm. If I knew the answer to that, I'd probably be quite wealthy. Um, well, I th- partly it's because we we see you know poverty as a a problem to be overcome, a task to be done, uh, and, and that's what we're brought up in, in the West. We're brought up to do that, to be like that, to to quickly identify an issue and, and and solve it and and that's quite appropriate in our culture because you know we can do that we we understand how our culture works and and we know the right people to talk to and, and all of that kind of stuff and and we're defining it in ways that that fit our culture but when, when you're talking about you know uh, uh, the issues that another culture has. There are all sorts of dynamics there that, that we don't even understand. I mean, let me tell you a story. We were when we lived in Zambia. I'm talking back now, back in the eighties. So now you've got a bit of an idea how old I am. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just doing the the mental arithmetic on that no, one. Now you'll then. need a calculator to get that one.
1: i well, I looked <laughs> at the calculator. It just comes back and says old. It's
0: <laughs> Uh, we had this partner way out in the in the east part of Zambia and and he was in a uh well, I guess what you'd call a, a community development slash church planting environment and and uh he he came to us one day and says oh man I've, I've got to travel from one village to the next and there's a lot of sand in the area and I need a bike and um, can you get me a bike? So we thought about it for a while and we ended up with the bike and uh, giving him a bike and we put on it, you know, this belongs to such, such and such organisation. It's not for personal use, only for the use of so-and-so. So he uh, he gets the bike and parks it outside his house. So he, the village headman comes down and says, hey, man, can I, can I borrow your bike? He says, no, have a look on there. I can't lend it to you. And the guy says, well, you're not going to plant a church in this village then. I <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah oh, okay um, <laughs> yeah so you know it was a good external idea to make him more mobile but defeated his primary purpose in, in a sense so you know we had to relook at the whole thing um um just a very simple example of 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 how you can get it so wrong um and put him on the outer with the with the village headman you know the guy that he most most needed to be on the right hand side of uh well this
1: is you know you think of some of the big trends that have come through emissions and poverty alleviation you know over the years so microloans was really big and um so you know it was hey you you find a villager community in poverty micro microloans is the answer microfinance and then what else has been water oh, projects, water, water water projects. Water big one. so yeah, what yeah. we need to do is we need to bring water, and we need to get water in this village. And then, sex trafficking was 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 a big,
0: you know. Yeah, you get these waves and, coming through these uh, that are trendy waves, and, and well, and and largely, uh, you know, from, I guess initiated from the west and what the west was interested in. Yeah. Um, uh, and then slapped on everything. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. And and uh, again, keep coming back to this. What does the local guy say? What what is that? That, that agent of change in that village tell us what, what the issue is, and it could be water. Um, sex trafficking might be the issue, but it won't be in every in every case, and, and it might be this year, but it won't be that next year. It might be something different next year. Um, or- so so
1: re- really, the, the, rather than bringing a solution in from outside, we're really looking, are we not, for solutions from inside, from, from the people who both understand the problem, but also have some some nous, have some drive, have some smarts that say, here's what I think is going to fix this in our context.
0: And who know the key people, who are the key players. I mean, even if, if, if you were to go and stay in a village for a month or, or, or a year, uh, first you've got to learn the language, but then you've got to know who the key people are, the key players. And then you don't just have to know who they are. You need to know who they are related to and, and their network as well because the village headman that's saying, yes, yes, we have to stop sex trafficking across the border. It might be the guy that's getting paid to to actually drive the truck. Um, and so it, there's just so much in there that, that needs to be understood. Um, it can only be understood by an insider. Um,
1: Is there a danger here in, you know, a little knowledge being a dangerous thing? In, in, in someone spending a bit of time in the space and then thinking they've got the, the solution. I mean, I, I'm guessing that that's that's probably happening
0: oh yeah. yeah all over the place I mean well-intentioned people going out to you know do their thing yeah you see disasters around that all over the place um it's not just not that long ago you know we were asked to pick up a a uh an orphanage from from a guy who'd gone out and spent four or five years setting it up and then um Broke his leg and couldn't go back and couldn't pay any more money. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, come on, man, get you to know, do this a better way. It's um, yeah.
1: So what do you do if you're in a situation where you recognise there is significant poverty in a community, but you can't find that person? I mean, we're saying here we don't want to be imposing external solutions but you know there there are certain things you know have a decent strike rate what do you do if you can't find that person who is on the ground who is the entrepreneurial strategic thinker what, what do you do then
0: you just have to move on there's there's nothing you can do in that place really until that person you know emerges um yeah, it sounds sort of a little bit you know a bit a little bit harsh but but at the end of the day um God works through through key people change agents um, and it's people that make a difference not organizations or structures it's it's people that make the difference and so you go to places where those people are that's 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 the bottom line and it, and, and nowadays you know for us most of those people well, we're not sort of walking into a village or into a community and, and saying hey here we are we're looking for the key person um, you're invited in by somebody who's heard about you or knows somebody else you're working with you know so you're following those webs of of um, relationship and, and uh, yeah and so that, that that's a really positive thing because they know how you operate a little bit because they've heard it from their friend or, or colleague or somebody they know and that, so that may, it may just be the timing is
1: not yet. The timing right. is not
0: yet. I mean, you, you'd like to think that you know, as this village sees what's happening in that village, that somebody will say, "Oh man, I could do that here." And, and so, and you know, to some degree, that does that does happen. And the other thing that happens too is, and I'm particularly thinking, of, you know, of our partners in, in Zimbabwe, is you know they they're looking at at moving from one village to another village each each year if they can to start to start a work in a in a new village so easy to to follow them on their journey there um and you build up trust and you build you, know, you see what what impact they make and, and it's not hard to say yeah let's let's do another one um let's get involved in here
1: okay so that was number uh, three on our list number one assuming you know the problem, these are the five worst ways to address poverty. Number two, thinking money will solve the problems of poverty. Number three, imposing external solutions. Number four, and this is one that grinds my gears, meeting your needs, not theirs. Now, boy, this is one I could I could talk about for a while. This is the idea that when we uh, step out to be of service to the poorest of the poor, when we step into a missions context, we can become focused on meeting our own needs, whether it's as an individual that I feel good about what I'm doing here, whether it is as a, at a church that we want to do this in a way that gives maximum payoff for our people. Uh, however we do it, we we really need to check who the ultimate focus is for what we're doing, do we not?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important thing. You know, the last thing the developing world needs is a whole bunch of people traipsing out there, um, you know, poverty, tourism, or whatever you want to call it, to, to have a, a good time at the expense of the field, uh, of, the, of poverty. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we seriously have to look at our motives for doing this, this kind of thing. Um, and so, if, you know, for example, we mentioned earlier, you know, short-term missions teams and, and that kind of stuff. I would say do that stuff in your own community, in your own culture. Engage with what's happening here. You don't have to go somewhere over there to do that and just, and just you know, confuse already complex situations um, with a bunch of novices who, you know, are learning to are learning to walk when it requires people who can, you know, who can... Uh, Be experts in the field, so, so yeah, really important to to get your own motives sorted out here, and it's about serving. It's not it's not about going for the benefit or the feel good factor or that kind of stuff. Uh, We've just got to take that out of our out of our you know mindset, out of our our thinking. Um, And I know sometimes you know that's not that easy, especially you know for a church that's looking to to engage. Globally, um, but it, it just yeah. Look at look at your motives. I mean,
1: I I, I had a, um, a conversation once. I was I was standing next to a couple of pastors that were talking about this issue, and they they were having a conversation with someone who runs a mission in a a country that that you're really not going to want to take teams to, right? It's a, it's a tough country, and it's it's a dark country. And um, he was talking about the the work there, which is phenomenal. It's brilliant, brilliant stuff. And the pastor said, "Well, that's all well and good, but you know we can't take people there, so we're really not going to be able to build relationships. So we're not interested in getting involved." And I thought to myself, "Well, that's that's a little tough." And the the, the guy who worked in that country said, "Do you think that's right and fair that you know the the people in this country that are?" Uh, facing huge poverty, that are um, you know really not getting access to the gospel, that they don't get any of that because you can't take people to visit. Hmm. And it was really challenging. And, and look, and and I understood the pastor. He said in response, he said, "Look, I, I hear what you're saying, but I just can't get my people engaged in this unless stuff. they can go. Unless they can go. Yep. So you know, who? I, I guess we're all." To some degree, creating this problem because we want we want to be fed. We're baby birds, and and we've got our mouths open. We're saying, show us videos. We want to we want to hear the, the the person that we're supporting on Sunday morning. Uh, I want to get letters. I you know I want to feel good about the difference I'm making.
0: You know, wh- what does all that do? Well, I mean, the, the yeah. Well, the, the bottom line of that is, is is who are you serving? Because you know remember what. Um, yeah, you know, Mother Teresa said when somebody asked her and said, "You know, why why do you serve the poor?" and she said, "Oh, I'm not serving the poor. I'm serving God, and He's led me to the poor." Yeah. And so it's it's all about the context in which you are you know, engaging with whatever you're doing. You know, um, I, I just love those verses where Paul in, in in First Thessalonians talks about the relationship that he and the team had with with the. Uh, with the church there. And he said, you know, brothers, we worked alongside you day and night in order not to be a burden to you. Mm. You know, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well because you had become so dear to us, you know. So it was all about we lived among you, he says in chapter 1. We lived among you for your sake. So, so this this whole engagement, whether we're individuals or as churches, has to be for the sake of Christ and for His glory and for the benefit of those people out there, first of all. And if we get some you know, warm fuzzies from doing it, well, that's just a byproduct of having our motives right and having the first two steps in place. And if we get the order wrong, then we're doing it wrong. Uh, I think we just have to... We just have to get that right. Uh, otherwise, we're just faking it, basically.
1: Do, do you think that, you know, the, the people out there, the people in Africa, Middle East, Asia, wherever, do you think they have a sense of when we've become consumers a little bit? Do, do, do you think they have a uh, a bit of an awareness of when really it's all about <laughs> us? It?
0: They can see through this stuff like, you know, a knife cutting through butter. They they see an ungenuineness or just very easily, yeah. So because they live in such close community, they they pick up vibes and body language and and unspoken kind of messages really quickly and 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 uh, uh, yeah, their eyes roll back in their head as soon as they hear another theme's coming. Let me tell you, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean,
1: it is funny because you know I've I've seen some of this. We we both have, but isn't there something quite sobering about the fact that you know as you know these these wonderful people are trying to serve their communities are trying to bring the gospel are trying to alleviate poverty in their communities and to their burden is the need to keep us entertained and engaged that that's what we add on to you know they're already gargantuan workloads i mean there's something really awful about that
0: oh there? absolutely it's appalling um and like i said earlier i think i think you know, if if you're you're wanting your people to seriously engage face to face with people, do that in your own community. There's plenty of opportunity for that, and we would say, in fact, that's the best preparation for global engagement. Start start at home. Start down the street. Start with the poor in your community. Um, you know, if there's people from other cultures, just just engage there with them and get to know them and get to love them and get to appreciate them and and you start doing that and god will take you on a journey to the the poor you know globally don't 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 worry about the place but start home at home and and then of course all the benefit does come back to your church or, or your community because those people start start coming they start they start you know becoming part of the family and, and uh, back here and, I mean, I could take you to many churches here in New Zealand and in other places uh, where, where you know, students have come, people have become believers, and those churches back here have gone on the journey back to these other countries and have started significant ministries back there um, on the basis of the, the relationships they've formed here. So, the, you know, there's the, the, just so many, again, components to this whole thing. but But please don't. Don't go out there thinking, it even anywhere near or anywhere in your in your mindset, that, that what what benefit are we going to get from this? Just, that's got to go right out of the out of the equation. All uh, right, yeah,
1: all right. So that's number four: meeting your needs, not theirs, on our list of the top five worst ways to address poverty. Uh, let's let's bring it home. And here's one we've we've mentioned uh, already: number five. Uh, building dependency now we are, we are going to return to this because uh, we're not going to do it justice in seven or eight minutes but uh, this this is is the idea is that, that that you know you're creating and it can be really related to number four there you're creating a relationship in which one party is dependent on the other for uh, for input for money for uh, teaching for for whatever so it works against them standing on their own two feet it works against sustainability and you know, create that that ongoing need. Why is that a problem?
0: Well, dependency basically traps people, or tra- traps people in poverty, and keeps them beggars for as long as as they're in a, de- a dependency relationship. Um, it does nothing to to uh, uh, to honor them, to give them dignity, to. To acknowledge the work that God's been doing in their lives or in their community, to respect that, and yeah, uh, you know, there's just so many reasons not to to do that. But but dependence is not just about money. It's 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 a much more complex thing than them waiting for the next handout. I mean that's part of it. But one of the things we're discovering is that if you're you know too close to them in terms of proximity or even in touch with them too frequently, that can build dependency as well.
1: How does it, so this is, this is in a situation where maybe they are deferring all their decisions until yeah, they check yeah. with you first.
0: Yeah, so you know, they started off with a great idea um, and uh, they've started doing some stuff uh, at a very sort of, maybe at a, quite a, a low level, but they're helping a few people, you come along, and you know they can help more people, and they can help them better, and very easy to to get to the point where oh they won't make a decision until they've asked you whether it's a good idea or not. Um, yeah, that's dependency. So you know we we had one of our facilitators was we had a, in Zambia. We had we had quite a large thing going there. It was our biggest field for a long time. Uh, we had a couple living there for for a few years, and and they got to the point where they decided they would come home. And the reason that they decided to come home was that they were, they were too close to our partners. They, they, um, they felt that they, you know, the partners weren't making the decisions; so they were deferring to them. Uh, uh, and and, uh, and so they came home, and another partnership in in Thailand with it. Yeah, the, I was going to the, mention that one. Yeah, you tell that one.
1: Well, they yeah they they had read a, uh, another great book, um, Revolution and World Missions by K. P. Yohanan, which which basically said you know when the, there's this was a Kiwi couple that was working in a ministry in Thailand, they read the book that said look you know sometimes you need to know when to leave, when to step away, and uh, you know leave the ministry to local leaders and the ties are are, you know not uh, rushing forward into leadership positions uh, culturally as as a rule and so they read this book and they said to the people they were working with you're going to need to do this we need to go and people said no you can't you know well we won't survive the ministry will not flourish and these people left and it's gone from strength to strength this has been years now and the people stepped into the vacuum that was created and, and did a phenomenal job because they had, you know, built into them over time. But they recognised that a dependent relationship had developed. They didn't need to be there, and you know, even though it was such a big part of their life, they said, "This is not about us. This is about the Thai people." And they stepped away, and and did what was right. That's not an easy thing to do, though. Not
0: an easy thing to do, but it's 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 it's, it's the way we have to go with that mindset. I mean, you you, you talked about or we talked about two people who left. You know, they had that mindset, but you've actually got to go into this partnership thing with that mindset. You've got to go in, not expecting to stay, not expecting to even you know uh, visit very often, uh, or or have a huge influence over the shape of this thing. It's 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 going to to release people, to empower people, to come alongside people, and and. Uh, and, and not even get into the position of, of being the permission givers. You know, you just got to be really careful about that. Um, so, yeah, dependency, just don't do it.
1: Just don't do it. So it's, <laughs> and it's not necessarily about, hey, we're only going to stay for two years and that's it. I guess it's more about having a light touch and about, you know, as with number four, making sure it's not about us, is constantly asking yourself the questions, are we doing this right? Who who are we doing this for? Is its it... Is it Align in the right direction, because I guess it's it's pretty easy to just cruise on autopilot, mm. and all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation oh. in which it's all about me. Yeah, and it's yeah. that's kind of our Western consumeristic kind of thing, is we do that almost by default, because yeah, that's yeah. how we live.
0: Yeah, and and you know, if a person you know, if you like, goes from here, they're expecting in in a gen- general sense to be leading what they're going to do, yeah, or, or having a significant influence over it. To go and serve, um, yeah, that's just—I don't think that's a great strength of us, of us Kiwis. And it, it is an
1: area for further development. <laughs> well, there you have it. That is our list of the top five worst ways to address poverty, or at least that's the first five. We'll, we'll probably come up with the second and third five uh, in due course. It's—it it is a very, very difficult area. Uh, To work in, it's very easy to make mistakes. That, by the way, is why we leave it up to the experts, which ain't us. It is is the people we connect with on the ground. Uh, Next time, we will be looking at, just to, to bring a little bit more levity and positivity, we will be looking at five specific strategies that we consider the five best ways to address poverty uh, these days and in, in this current environment. And I'm sure you'll find that uh, really valuable. Uh, but for now, uh, that is it from us. Kevin, any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think it's in Toxic Charity, that book where he talks about the, the or compares the, uh, the Hippocratic Oath with uh, you know, with um, serving the poor, and and, and it, it's really interesting. You should grab hold of that and have a read of it. But the bottom line is, above all, do no harm. Exactly, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Do no
1: harm. All right. Well, you have been listening to uh, it ain't that simple, mate. The Bright Hope World podcast. If you have any feedback for us, any questions, any comments, uh, any complaints, even, uh, then send those to podcast at bright hope world. Com. You can find us at brighthopeworld.com or at facebook.com forward slash brighthopeworld. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, until next time, I'm Fraser Scott here with Kevin Honoré. This has been It Ain't That Simple, mate. Catch you soon.